Thank you for blessing us with this special music. Uh, the passage we read today is a very familiar passage uh, for all of us. Uh, it's a passage on faith. So we are looking at sort of the latter half of uh, Hebrews 11, going on to Hebrews 12, but the whole chapter of Hebrews 11 is about faith. And Hebrews' writer paints this grand sweeping picture of our so-called ancestors of faith. So one by one, he goes, sort of goes through the history and um, recounts all the great acts of faith that have been done. We, could, we come across familiar events and names, uh, like you saw today, uh, Israelites, Israelites crossing the Red Sea. And we hear about the great and wonderful things that were done because of faith. Uh, let us look at what Hebrews writer wrote for a part of it. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets, all these names that we'll recognize uh, probably from the Old Testament, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. When we look at all these things that have been done, we can't help but recognize that these are triumphant and glorious moments in the history of Israel. Achievements that are worth mentioning. And things are, we ourselves can't even dream of doing. Shutting the mouths of lions, what does that look like today? As the Hebrews writer says, if we had time, he could go on and on and on. We also hear about those who suffered greatly because of faith. So we get two pictures. So we get these lists of glorious achievements, but we also get this picture of those who suffered greatly because of faith. Those who were persecuted, tortured, and even killed because of what they believed. So compared to the beautiful and glorious image that we just saw, Hebrews writer also gives us a dark, grim, and violent picture of what the ancestors experienced. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. When we see this, we can't help but admire and commend the faith of those who came before us. They seem to have had what we would call this great and perfect faith. Great, strong, and unwavering faith. I think we feel that especially when we think about our parents' and our grandparents' generations. The, that faith that they had, we have seemed to pale in comparison to the faith that they had. I felt that when we were making uh, this, when we were making the documentary last year for our church's 25th anniversary, hearing all those stories, you really see their passion and zeal, their fervor, all that went into even raising up this one community. And when we see that our faith seems so small and insignificant next to theirs, we wonder if we could be the kind of witness that they were. We don't think we have that kind of great and perfect faith. In that sense, 
we can feel both inspired from reading a passage like this, but also a little bit removed. That's great. It's wonderful of all that's been done before us. But what does this mean for us? What does this mean for me? But what we think of this perfect faith does not stand on its own. This perfect faith, whatever we think about it, it does not come to us ready-made. It's not only given to some people and not to others. That's what I realized as I was reflecting on this passage this week. That faith never stands by itself in isolation. But faith always exists in connection to something else. So behind what we picture as perfect faith lies this something that we often neglect and do not notice. And that is hope. Let's look at how the Hebrews writer describes what faith is. We didn't read this today, but when you, this is how he begins chapter 11, this whole thing on faith. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is always connected to hope. Without hope, faith is nothing. Our faith remains lifeless and empty. Hope is what breaks open our seed of faith. Jesus often talks about seed this, uh, faith the size of a mustard seed. But what breaks open that seed and makes it grow is hope. Hope of what has not yet been realized. That is what fuels and shapes our faith. The problem is, and, is that we don't have enough faith. We often think, oh, I don't have enough faith. That's not what the problem is. The problem is, is that we don't have enough hope. Because when hope dies, faith withers as well. In that sense, I believe that life of faith is about cultivating hope. Not losing hope, but becoming more and more hopeful. Hope doesn't always carry a good connotation. Some of us think of hope as being kind of weak. It's for those want to escape the current situation. So sort of a form of escapism. We see hope as sort of vague and kind of flimsy in character. We use this expression, let's hope for the best. Hope for the best. It's almost like shooting an arrow into the dark and hoping that it will land on something. Some of us think that hope and wishful thinking are the same thing. We liken it to cheap optimism. So we don't really see much difference between the two. But I wonder if that is really hope. Does that kind of hope have any power? I don't think so. Because that kind of hope doesn't give us any strength. It doesn't change us one bit. It only fosters an attitude of this casual indifference. Some of us say this often. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, oh well. Say this to ourselves. This kind of casual indifference. It's kind of like apathy that masks our fear 
of experiencing more hurt and disappointment. Genuine hope, on the other hand, is real and powerful. If hope is real, it has the power to heal and move us forward. It has the power to snap us out of complacency. Genuine hope moves us to action. So hope is not really a theory or just an intellectual musing. At the end of the day, it is what spurs us into action. Because it brings radical change in ourselves and our attitude towards life. It makes it possible for us to believe what we thought to be impossible. This, I believe, is the hope that carried our ancestors in their journey. They weren't any more brilliant and special than we are. They were imperfect and ordinary people just like us. But they were hopeful people. No matter what kind of difficulties or hardships they faced along the way, they did not lose this hope. St. Paul even said in Romans that Abram, when he was called upon to sacrifice Isaac, he hoped against hope. Meaning even when there was nothing to hope about, he even hoped in spite of it. In fact, the sufferings they experienced made the power of hope even more visible. If that hope was just in the background, that experience of suffering brought that hope into the foreground of their lives. And they lived with this hopeful attitude to the very end. And their hope made their faith perfect. And because of their hope, we are here today. I believe we should never underestimate the power of hope. Hope that perfects our faith. Hope that inspires and encourages those around us. Hope that allows us to be true witnesses of our faith. Next Friday, I think there is another flow event uh, that's coming up. We've announced this for a few weeks now. Uh, we've had one a couple months ago. But I think this is our second one, and it's happening this Friday. The purpose behind this event is to give our young people, so from our high school to college and um, our careers, to give the young people of our community an opportunity to hear the stories of our older generation, those who came before them. And these stories are not just stories. These are stories of life, and these are stories of faith. More importantly, what is deeply woven into these stories is hope. That's what you will be communicating to our young people. And that is what our young people will ultimately take away. You may not say it explicitly, but they will feel it that no matter how discouraging life might get at times, we can have hope. Hope of a brighter future ahead. Hope that God will not let any of our efforts go to waste. Your stories, the stories you'll be sharing with them, will give them strength, especially as they navigate through this post-pandemic time filled with uncertainty.
but hope is only for the young. As human beings, something that we all need. Hebrews writer tells us this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. We are running a race, as we see there. This, uh, this metaphor of running a race, this metaphor often appears throughout the New Testament. Our life of faith is a race. And we're not talking about a 100-meter sprint, something that's very short and quick. It is more like a marathon, a lifelong marathon. To run a marathon, we need a great, a great stamina. We can start strong and we can run for a while. But to complete, to finish a marathon, we need endurance. And hope gives us that strength to endure. Because without it, we cannot persevere. And we will eventually give up. When we look around us, there's so much darkness that we see. I mean, where do you even begin? Each, each week we talk about it. There's always some kind of political unrest. There's an act of, there are acts of senseless violence. On top of what we have to deal with in our own lives, it often feels like it's more than we can bear. Everything that we see around us seems like a good reason to give up, to abandon our faith, and to just dwell in our own cynicism. The comedian, Dave Chappelle, he calls the time that we're living in right now the age of spin, the most difficult time in human history to live in. It is an age of complete disorientation. Whether we turn left or right, we're constantly bombarded with what is wrong with this world. That sometimes we don't even know what it is that we're looking at. We're caving under this weight of darkness to a point that we are constantly tempted to stop caring altogether. There's this quiet despair that lurks beneath the surface. But we cannot lose hope. We cannot fall into our despair. It is not an option. The Russian writer Dostoevsky said, to live without hope is to cease to live. Living without hope is as good as living just dead. We must keep on hoping. Simon reflected last week on the importance of waiting. Even waiting, we can't wait if we have given up hope. There is no waiting without hoping. Yes, hoping may seem foolish. People might look at us and say, why are you so hopeful? We may not be able to explain why. But there is great wisdom in such foolishness. 
Jesus, whom the Hebrews writer calls our pioneer and perfecter of our faith, he had every reason to give up all hope when he was dying on the cross. He was in what seemed like a hopeless situation. People, bystanders, mocked him because God did nothing. Soldiers mocked him and saying, if you're the king of Jews, calm down. Save yourself. Nothing was happening. He looked totally abandoned by God. Yet, he did not abandon his hope. He held on to his hope. And that hope only strengthened his faith. It allowed him to surrender completely in God's hands. These were his last words. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. These are not the words of someone who has lost all hope. These are not the words of someone who is completely defeated. These are the words of someone who still has hope. And he's still speaking these words of hope. Without hope, there is no resurrection. Without hope, there is no tomorrow. And without hope, there is no future. We are not just a people of faith, but people of hope. Because we live by the power of God's promise that pulls us forward each day. Promise of a brighter future when God will bring all things to fruition. St. Paul lived with this unwavering hope. This unwavering hope was the source of joy in his life. And he proclaimed this hope boldly in his letter to the Philippians. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. He said these words while he was in prison. And these words come from a place of hope. When we look back and see how God has been with us in our journey, that gives us hope for what is to come. Many times we're too tunnel visioned. We're only focusing on what is here and now. But when we step back and look how faithful God has been to us, that gives us hope for what is to come. And our hope gives us the confidence to confront the darkness of our uh, present situation and cry out to God. It doesn't leave us passive, but it gives us the confidence to confront and work through our present situation. And that confidence is what we call faith. May we be the people of faith who hold firmly onto this hope as we continue to run our race with God's help. Your hope, the hope that you have, will give others hope.
And through your acts of faith, God will carry on the story of faith that is unfolding in our midst. Let us sing together.